What's going on, turds? It is Monday, May 24th, 2021. It's overcast. It's 65 degrees. Honestly, it's a welcome change from yesterday, which was... I don't know. It's fucking... A thousand degrees. Beautiful sun. It was wonderful. But it was... It was a little too hot. Too hot. Bam, bam. Too hot, lady. Gotta run for shelter. Gotta run for shade. Too hot. Bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. What a mess we made. You are my love. It's fucking hot. <coughs> it's cool in the gang. So it was hot yesterday. <coughs> Excuse me. Pollen's out there in high quantity. I'm not complaining, my friends, but have you ever seen what pollen looks like under an electron micrograph? It looks like a little fuzzball. It's like a little spiky something or other. Like a burr or something that gets... <coughs> hits you, you know what I mean? It's like, imagine that getting irritating your airways or whatever. So there's a shitload of it. Pollen is semen, I believe. So that's out there floating around, fertilizing all those parts of the horticulture. You know, you can lead a whore to culture, but you can't uh, let her think, make her think. He told me that the other day. A woman, by the way. I'm assuming baby boomer of a woman. You can lead a whore to culture, but you can't make her think. <clears throat> so where was I going? Okay, so it's a beautiful night. There's fucking nobody out here on the roads. I'm about ready to head home after a long day, busy day. Have a nice meal. Wow. So other people got the same idea. Fucking people lined up at Popeye's. Chicken and biscuits. I think I need fucking reading glasses, my friends. Or driving glasses. Or some kind of glasses. Something to uh, boost my acuity a little bit. Because let me tell you. A little bit blurry right now. Double, double, double vision. So, uh, <clears throat> okay. Getting to my points here. I have some things to discuss and listen to an awesome podcast. I want to pass it along to you. It's Aubrey Marcus with Daniel Schmachtenberger. A little schmack attack, you understand what I'm saying? This guy will smack you in the face with knowledge, and it will smart. Get it? A little pun intended. Real, real smart guy. So Aubrey Marcus, as I understand it, he runs the supplement company on it. I think his partner is Joe Rogan, so he's a mover and a shaker, hard body. Pretty seems pretty think, uh, pretty thoughtful guy. <clears throat> so. I like what 
what he's saying. So this is an awesome podcast, and it is about certainty. How basically being too sure of things. Uh, a lot of times we are we are a little bit too certain for people who don't have all the facts uh, on our side, right? So a couple of things that are, that were said that uh, start out, and you can find us on YouTube, the Aubrey Marcus podcast. Type in on YouTube Aubrey Marcus and Daniel Schmachtenberger with an S C H M A C T E N Burger. Fucking brilliant guy. Tell me I'm wrong. So he's the first thing they talk about. And again, talking about certainty, how that's bullshit. <clears throat> then again, we need to make decisions based upon the best available knowledge. And so, what you know, statistically, how accurate are we with the knowledge that we have at our disposal? And we need to make some kind of decisions, right? So they say Facebook offers an incentive for salaciousness. It's easier to press on a fiery ad or story. This is true, all right? What sells? Uh, um, controversy, gossip, shit like that. That sells really, really well. And so social media, I'll also go ahead and say social media, Facebook in particular, it sells um, salaciousness. It wants us to, to press on an ad. So it knows exactly the type of content that we, um, we're going to be drawn to. And maybe that's common sense. And on the one hand, and on the other hand, you think about it, it's really criminal, kind of irresponsible at the very least, to draw people in and encourage their um, consuming this information. Who the fuck is this riding my ass? Where do you fucking want to go faster than 45 miles per hour on a back road in Pennsylvania? Where are you going, you know? Peter, get the fuck past me, all right? That's all. So Facebook, that's the first point. My first little note here. Facebook offers incentive for salaciousness. It's easier to press on a fiery ad or story. Then he says, um, you know, meme wars, that we're engaging in meme uh, meme wars, which are little images about um, that, you know, on the one hand, again, seem like they are kind of like um, harmless enough, funny, interesting little images and representations of the things that we believe, but we'll kind of go back and forth and um, our memes, you know, we'll battle that way, boil down our arguments into these little images and ideas and share them. Um, Social media also harbors, fosters addictive tendencies, okay? And they talk about supply side benefit, the supply side benefits by um, inciting all of these, uh, this drama and salaciousness. And in that way, they're kind of, they're manufacturing demand. So they're stirring the pot and people fall for it and they go out and they, they're terrible to each other. And then they think that they're on a side, gonna let this go. Um, they fancy themselves being on a particular side. These assholes. They fancy themselves being on a, uh, a particular side. 
me step away for just a moment. Okay, I'm back. So as I was saying, <clears throat> social media, uh, all these huge tech giants. So Facebook, Instagram, one and the same, I guess, tw Twitter, Twitch, whatever. All these different large organizations that encourage our participation. They foster addictive tendencies. In other words, our socially, the social addiction. You know, people think about drugs and alcohol. What about our, our social interactions and our engagement and the charge that we get out of trying to be, you know, going back and forth with people trying to, you know, gamify being right or, um, inciting or fostering conflict going back to the certainty thing right so these big tech giants they they foster the and encourage these meme wars this uh, fosters addictive tendencies and the supply side benefits in other words these big these big companies big corporations whatever their intentions were up front now they see that they can keep people interested they can keep people jonesing for you know, the, the, the charge, that dopamine hit or whatever it is that we get from being addicted to these social media platforms or whatever kind of interactions, you know, something, you know, something useful in, uh, in one sense. The thing about a substance, you know, alcohol, well, it's great to have a beer with a couple friends, get a little buzz going on a hot day, have a cold beer do some hard work around the house and reward yourself with some relaxation out on the, you know, veranda, kicking back, telling some stories with some good friends. Who doesn't love doing that? Well, we all do. It's, a, it's an upside to, you know, this kind of interaction over uh, a beverage or a half dozen. Well, it's prone to abuse, right? A little bit of a good thing is great, but a lot can be a problem. So same thing with social media is my point. Uh, they're manufacturing demand. In other words, they see that people, um, and they know full well scientifically that people have these tendencies to, um, to latch on to these ideas and to these platforms and to you know, play it like a video game. You know, get a lot of, generate a lot of satisfaction and look for a little bit too much guidance and even their news sources and what the information that they feel is set is factual, things that they are, you know, their certainty. Yeah, they expect to get a degree of accuracy and certainty by these uh, platforms, which they don't always offer. In fact, typically don't, right? Uh, they talk about, Schmachtenberger talks about the Constitution... Uh, and the Bible, he says, you know, a lot of people feel like maybe, um, you know, the, the Bible and the Constitution kind of convened, our forefathers convened with the Bible and the Constitution and came down from the, uh, the hill and 
brought these two entities jointly to humanity. It just, you think the way some people talk, that these two entities, I guess it's a shot at both of those those texts. texts. Uh, we look at them as they're literal, people you know, interpreting the Bible, people interpreting the Constitution like it's completely inerrant. And there's no evidence to suggest that's even close to the case. You know, there, there might be some things in these documents that people regard as holy and completely unbudging, uh, literal, that would be unreasonable, that we maybe we could change if there was a way to do that without inciting some kind of civil war. It says here, the, my notes say that the forefathers wanted all Americans to be steeped in the basics of governance. It's one of those things where, you know, people, it's the irony, right, that we all have an opinion on who should be president or what this law, type of law should be passed or all these various isms that are driven by um, our political preferences, our left versus right, in-group versus out-group, etc. And they don't meet our criteria rather than really doing the um, critical thinking involved or searching more for solutions. And just people are lazy. They'll just jump on a bandwagon and be like, okay, well, this is what my guy says and this is my source and I can't be expected to... Um, boil this down and really wrap my brain fully around this argument. But somewhere in the, in the um, Constitution, apparently, the forefathers cite that the people who, sh- or suggest that the people who are voting should be literate in, in these areas of government and, and, and be encouraged to, um, if you're going to have a right, that the, the expectation and the ideal that you have um, some sense in your head and that you're able to really appraise all the you know, state of the evidence to actually know what the hell you're talking about if you're going to be active in government, self-government, democracy. The Podcasters talk about rivalrous games that are constantly vying for our attention. That is the essence of social media, right? Um, there's a, this attention that it, if if you can if a a Google or an Apple or a Facebook can capture our attention, which it most certainly have, they have most certainly have. Well, then they can force us, influence us to. Um, to, to do their bidding. If there's an agenda, if there's a concept, if there's a product that they're trying to sell, which is where it starts, right? You can... Oh, shit. Fucking almost killed a rabbit. Um, so if there's, if there's a product, quote-unquote, that they want us to sell or an idea they want us to ascribe to and there's somebody that's as big as one of these tech giants, they can pretty much, if they, if they, there's a decision that they decide or somebody hacks the system or somebody goes renegade, they can make us do whatever the fuck they want. And then this is a great point here, I thought. So Schmachtenberger says, corporations move way faster than countries. Think about that in terms of 
getting things done. If we're talking about a corporation, well, they've got a freaking ton of money, they got a lot of workers, they have um, state-of-the-art technology, they've got ambition. Whereas governments are, you know, there's a statement, not too bad for government work, right? Because these are large, large, slow-moving entities that can't always get things done efficiently. Corporations have the ability to do so very efficiently. They're, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're powerful, more powerful than governments. That's where we're at right now. The corporations are the government, as if that's not completely obvious. So think about the speed at which we want to get things done. Corporations can move a lot freaking faster. And they can do whatever the hell they want to do at a tremendous pace. Finally, my final note, and I'll continue this podcast tonight says, uh, it's not very common that the bad guy thinks he's the bad guy. Think about that, you know, in terms of a, um, you know, they, they talked about superhero analogies, so this guy Thanos, right? Thanos was the uh, Marvel Universe guy who decided, well, you know, it's clear that human, the human race is, I'm sickened by the human race because it's very clear that they're going to destroy everything and they're going to poison the earth and they're going to kill each other and they're horrible to one another. So, you know, my solution is better than their solution. They have no plan. I'm just going to fucking kill everybody. You know what I mean? I'm going to end this so that maybe life can can continue in a different way. Maybe the next experiment, you know, I set the wheels in motion according to my plans, perhaps um, we'll get it right. But this obviously is not working. And I haven't even seen that movie, but I'm sure that Thanos has a big um, story to tell and, uh, you know, um, some imagery around exactly why he wants to end the human race on Earth. Because we're fucking things up. We do. So, the point being, Thanos does not fancy himself a bad guy. Feels like he's a good guy. Nor does, you know, somebody like, you know, a president or another, a world leader, uh, a business tycoon. You know, they don't see themselves, they see themselves as doing just work and playing by the rules. Yet, they make their own rules. It's... So... What a great conversation with these two guys. Uh, I would definitely recommend you tune in. Uh, It was maybe a year, maybe two years ago at this point. I think it was probably over the last year where I discovered Daniel Schmachtenberg. And the way this guy, the fluency that he he speaks and the, the command of knowledge that he has, just absolutely breathtaking. He really... Is a logical, uh, reasonable, highly articulate, and pretty cool guy. Like, he doesn't lose you. He doesn't lose me, anyway. And these are some cool um, 
snippets, just my ideas, my notes from this podcast about certainty. Uh, When I tuned out over lunch, heading back to the office, he was talking about, you know, just that very notion of certainty, like there's a lot of things that we know that we don't know. Or, and there's, there's so much that we don't know that we don't know, right? So there's what we know, and then there's what we know we don't know, and then there's what we don't know what we don't know. You get it? We don't even know. Imagine not even knowing what you don't know. You discover something and maybe you decide, that, okay, well, yeah, look, you know, based upon the information we have on this subject matter, um, this is congruent. This follows and falls in line with the laws of physics or what we know about by human or biology or the fossil record or some aspect of science, math, engineering, technology, you know, whatever. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we'll just never know. You know, we, we've figured things out well enough, right, in a lot of ways, in order to facilitate progress. You know, we've built enough on our knowledge in order to put together, you know, cobble together some degree of progress. But going back to the, uh, the podcast... Uh, I was talking about last week where the guy was saying, oh, Jamie Wheel talking about paleolithic emotions meeting godlike technology. I mean, the technology that we have, capabilities we have now and will have in the future are fucking over uh, unbelievable. Schmachtenberger goes on to talk about how, well, you know, are you the type of, you know, if you're asking, like, the leader of the free world, you know, the military personnel, military generals, the, the um, what do they call them? The, uh, you know, like the panel of military generals, all four-star generals who advise the presidency, right? ask these guys with all their knowledge and experience is it a good idea that we have autonomous, that we design autonomous drones that are armed so autonomous meaning that these technologies these entities will be able to um using artificial intelligence they'll be able to guide themselves around and make their own decisions you think it's a good idea that we design these these crafts and therefore is it a good idea that our enemies would have these crafts you know is it okay that we design this stuff well you're opening up a can of fucking worms man because if you are going to design these autonomous uh, drones that uh, take out whatever targets, you design something like that, that can have a mind of its own, decide to go on its own program. 
you're increasing the likelihood that it's going that that could occur, that a mistake could occur. You're also increasing the likelihood that maybe a bad actor, somebody like a Thanos or somebody could hack this technology and use it for ill. And then it's not just affecting, it's not like a repeating rifle or handgun or something like that. Now it is an actual um, it's something that could wipe out you know, states, countries, civilizations if these technologies increase rapidly enough. So we know this, we see this, we can um, imagine this when we are listening to a podcast like this that and, and we and we can if we can think deeply enough about what is going on with these big tech giants. Not that technology is the devil. Technology has always been an ally and also a, a potential villain. <coughs> if used irresponsibly, right? So, think about that. Continue this conversation tomorrow. Have a good night.